Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We read Srila Prabhupada's books out loud <clears throat> together in the assembly of like-minded devotees who like to hear Prabhupada's books for a reason. Srila uh, Prabhupada once said, if you want to know me, read my books. And the Bhagavatam says, the only way you can do that is in the assembly, Satamprasanga Mamavirya Sambhido. It can only be done properly in the association of like-minded Vaishnavas. So here I am, a peon, just trying to deliver the mail from Srila Prabhupada, who said that whatever I had to say, I said it in my books. You don't miss anything if you read Srila Prabhupada's books cover to cover, again and again and again. For the rest of your life, you will get everything. So I'm sitting here as a peon, trying to deliver the mail and not only that but tonight I'm surrounded by elevated Vaishnavas we have Dhammar Prabhu the temple president of London uh, Raider Raman the prince of Hive and Raj Balaba all the way from LA <coughs> and of course the star of the show Abhai Das Brahmachari who just fed us and served us so nicely that we're all, what can I say, Hare Krishna, completely satisfied. And now for the dessert. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami composed in order to glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam and he does it so nicely. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvanduritaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvada Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin. Madguru Mad Mahadana Manistadaka Mad Bhagya 
Madhananda Namostute, my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chochata kada hanamun jagadachen mam prem narit kantayokspurda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, after the uh, prelude to the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, and now Prikshit Maharaj is going to ask questions to uh, Sugadev Goswami. We reach the eighth chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. We're beginning with text eight, 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 auspicious number. If the Supreme Personality of Godhead, from whom from whose abdomen the lotus stem sprouted, is possessed of a gigantic body according to his own caliber and measurement, then what is the specific difference between the body of the Lord and those of common living entities? Purport. One should note how Maharaj Prichet intelligently put questions before his spiritual master for scientific understanding of the transcendental body of the Lord. It has been described in many places before this that the Lord assumed a gigantic body, namely that of Karanodakashayi Vishnu, from whose hair, pores, innumerable universes were generated. The body of Garbhutakashaya Vishnu is described as sprouting the lotus stem within which all the planets of the universe remain. And at the top of the stem is the lotus flower on which Lord Brahma is born. In the creation of the material world, the Supreme Lord undoubtedly assumes a gigantic body. And living entities also get bodies, big or small, according to necessity. For example, an elephant gets a gigantic body according to its needs, and so also an ant gets its body according to its needs. Similarly, if the Personality of Godhead assumes a gigantic body to accommodate the universes or the planets of a particular universe, there is no difference in the principle of assuming or accepting a particular type of body in terms of necessity. A living being and the Lord cannot be distinguished simply by the difference in the magnitude of the body. So the answer depends on the special significance 
of the body of the Lord as distinguished from the body of the common living being. Text 9 Brahma, <clears throat> who was not born of a material source, but out of the lotus flower coming out of the navel of the abdomen of the Lord, is the creator of all those who are materially born. Of course, by the grace of the Lord, Brahma was able to see the form of the Lord. Purport. The first living creature, Brahma, is called Aja because he did not take his birth from the womb of a mother materially born. He was directly born from the bodily expansion of the lotus flower of the Lord. Thus it is not readily understandable whether the body of the Lord and that of Brahma are of the same quality or different. This must also be clearly understood. One thing is, however, certain. Brahma was completely dependent on the mercy of the Lord because after his birth he could create living beings by the Lord's grace only and he could see the form of the Lord. Whether the form seen by Brahma is of the same quality as that of Brahma is a bewildering question and Maharaj Pariksit wanted to get clear answers from Srila Shukadev Goswami. Text 10 Please also explain the personality of Godhead who lies in every heart as the Supersoul and who is the Lord of all energies but is untouched by, the, by His external energy. Purport Undoubtedly, the form of the Lord who was seen by Brahma must be transcendental. Otherwise, how could He simply look upon the creative energy without being touched. It is understood also that the same Purusha lies in the heart of every living entity. This all requires proper explanation. Text 11 O learned Brahmana, it was formerly explained that all the planets of the universe with their respective governors are situated in the different parts of the gigantic body of the Virat Purusha. I have also heard that the different plenary systems themselves constitute the gigantic body of the Virat Purusha. But what is their actual position? Will you please explain that? Text 12. Also, Please explain the duration of time between creation and annihilation and the duration of other subsidiary creations as well as the nature of time indicated by the words past, present and future. Also, please explain the duration and measurement of life of the different living beings known as the demigods, the human beings and so on in different planets of the universe. Purport Past, present and future are different features of time to indicate the duration of life 
for the universe in all its paraphernalia, including the different living beings in different planets. Text 13 O purest of the brahmanas, please also explain the cause of the different durations of time, both short and long, as well as the, as well as the beginning of time, following the course of action. Text 14 Then again, kindly describe how the proportionate accumulation of the reactions resulting from the different modes of material nature act upon the desiring living being, promoting or degrading him among the different species of life, beginning from the demigods down to the most insignificant creatures. Purport The actions and reactions of all works in the material modes of nature, either in the minute form or in the gigantic form, are accumulated. And thus the result of such accumulated actions and reactions of karma or work become manifested in the same proportion. How such actions and reactions take place, what the different procedures are, and in what proportion they act are all subject matters of Maharaj Parikshit's inquiries from the great Brahmana, Shukadev Goswami. Life in the higher planets, known as the abodes of the denizens of heaven, is obtained not by the strength of spacecraft, as is now being contemplated by the inexperienced scientists, but by works done in the mode of goodness. Even on the very planet where we are now living, there are restrictions upon the entrance of foreigners into a country where the citizens are more prosperous. For example, the American government has many restrictions for the entrance of foreigners from less prosperous countries. The reason is that the Americans do not wish to share their prosperity with any foreigner who has not qualified himself as a citizen of America. Similarly, the same mentality is prevailing in every other planet where there are more intelligent living beings residing. The higher planetary living conditions are all in the mode of goodness, and anyone desiring to enter the higher planets, like the Moon, Sun, and Venus, must qualify thoroughly by activity and complete goodness. Maharaj Pariksit's inquiries on the, are on the basis of proportionate actions of goodness, which qualify one in this planet to be promoted to the highest regions of the universe. Even on this planet of our present residence, one cannot achieve a good position within the social order without being qualified with proportionate good work. One cannot forcibly sit on the chair of a high court judge without being qualified for the post. Similarly, one cannot enter into the higher planetary systems without being qualified by good works in this life. Persons addicted to the habits of passion and ignorance have no chance of entering the higher planetary systems simply by an electronic mechanism. According to the statement of the Bhagavad Gita 925, 
persons trying to qualify themselves for promotion to the higher heavenly planets can go there. Similarly, persons trying for the Pitrilokas can go there. Similarly, persons trying to improve the conditions on this earth can also do that. And persons who are engaged in going back home, back to Godhead, can achieve that result. The various actions and reactions of work in the mode of goodness are generally known as pious work with devotional service, culture of knowledge with devotional service, mystic powers with devotional service, and, at last, devotional service unmixed with any other varieties of goodness. This unmixed devotional service is transcendental and is called para-bhakti. It alone can promote a person to the transcendental kingdom of God. Such a transcendental kingdom is not a myth, but is as factual as the moon. One must have transcendental qualities to understand the kingdom of God and God himself. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 15 O best of the brahmanas, please also describe how the creation of the globes throughout the universe, the four directions of the heavens, the sky, the planets, the stars, the mountains, the rivers, the seas, and the islands, as well as their different kinds of inhabitants, takes place. Purport the inhabitants of different varieties of land, etc., are differently situated, and not all of them are equal in all respects. The inhabitants of the land are different from the inhabitants of the water or the sky, and similarly, the inhabitants of the different planets and stars in the sky are also different from one another. By the laws of the Lord, no place is vacant, but the creatures of one particular place are different from those of other places. Even in human society, the inhabitants of the jungles or the deserts are different from those of the cities and villages. They are so made according to different qualities of the modes of nature. Such adjustment by the laws of nature is not blind. There is a great plan behind the arrangement. Maharaj Prikshit requests the great sage Shukadev Goswami to explain all these subjects authoritatively in accordance with proper understanding. Text 16 Also, please describe the inner and outer space of the universe by specific divisions, as well as the character and activities of the great souls and also the characteristics of the different classifications of the castes and orders of social life. Purport Maharaj Prikshit is a typical devotee of Lord Krishna and as such he is anxious to know the complete significance of the creation of the Lord. He wants to know the inner and outer space of the universal form. 
It is quite fitting for the real searcher of knowledge to know about all this. Those who are of the opinion that the devotees of the Lord are satisfied with mere sentiments can find in the inquiries of Maharaj Prikshit good lessons as to how inquisitive a pure devotee is to know things in their true perfection. The modern scientist is unable to know about the inner space of the universal horizon and what to speak of the space which covers the universe. Maharaj Pariksit is not satisfied with only material knowledge. He is inquisitive about the character and activities of the great souls, the devotees of the Lord. The glories of the Lord and the glories of His devotees combined together comprise the complete knowledge of Srimad Bhagavatam. Lord Krishna showed His mother the complete universal creation within His mouth, while she, completely charmed by her son, wanted to look inside the mouth of the Lord just to see how much earth the child had eaten. By the grace of the Lord, the devotees are able to see everything in the universe within the mouth of the Lord. The very idea of the scientific divisions of four classes of human society and four orders of life is also inquired about herewith on the basis of individual personal quality. The four divisions are exactly like the four divisions of one's personal body. The parts and parcels of the body are non different from the body, but by themselves they are only parts. That is the significance of the whole scientific system of four castes in four spiritual orders. The value of such scientific divisions of human society can be ascertained only in terms of the proportionate development of devotional service to the Lord. Any person employed in government service, including the president, is a part and parcel of the entire government. Everyone is a government servant, but no one is the government himself. That is the position of all living entities in the government of the Supreme Lord. No one can artificially claim the supreme position of the Lord, but everyone is meant to serve the purpose of the supreme whole. Text 17 Please explain all the different ages in the duration of the creation and also the duration of such ages. Also tell me about the different activities of the different incarnations of your Lord in different ages. Purport. Could you shut the window, please? Purport. Lord Krishna is the original personality of Godhead and all the incarnations of the Supreme Lord, although non-different from Him, are emanations from the Supreme. Maharaj Prikshit inquired from the great and learned sage Shukadeva Goswami about the different activities of such incarnations so that the incarnation of the Lord might be confirmed by His activities in the authoritative scriptures. 
Maharaj Pariksit was not to be carried away by the sentiments of the common man to accept an incarnation of the Lord very cheaply. Instead, he was to accept the incarnation of the Lord by symptoms mentioned in the Vedic literatures and confirmed by, the, um, by an Acharya like Shukadeva Goswami. The Lord descends by His internal energy without any obligation to the laws of material nature. And thus, His activities are also uncommon. The specific activities of the Lord are mentioned and one should know that the activities of the Lord and the Lord Himself are identical due to being on the absolute plane. Thus, to hear the activities of the Lord means to associate with the Lord directly. And association with the Lord directly means purification from material contamination. We have already discussed this point in the previous canto. Text 18. Please also explain what may generally be the common religious affiliation of human beings as well as their specific occupational duties in religion, the classification of the social orders, including the administrative, royal orders, and the religious principles for one who may be in distress. Purport. The common religion of all classes of human beings, regardless of whosoever and whatsoever one may be, is devotional service. Even the animals may be included in devotional service to the Lord, and the best example is set by Sri Prajangaji, or Hanuman, the great devotee of Lord Rama. As we have already discussed, even the aborigines and cannibals can also be engaged in the devotional service of the Lord if they happen to be under the guidance of a genuine devotee of the Lord. In the Skanda Purana, there is a narration of, that a hunter in the jungle became the most enlightened devotee of the Lord by the guidance of Sri Nardamuni. Therefore, devotional service to the Lord can be equally shared by every living being. Religious affiliation in terms of different countries and cultural circumstances is obviously not the common religion of the human being. Rather, the basic principle is devotional service. Even if a particular type of religious principle does not recognize the supremacy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the followers still have to obey the disciplinary principles laid down by a particular leader. Such a leader of a religious sect is never the supreme leader because such a circumstantial leader comes to the position of leadership after undergoing some penance. The Supreme Personality of Godhead does not, however, require to be under disciplinary action to become leader, as we see in the activities of Lord Krishna. 
the occupational duties of the castes and the orders of society following the principles of livelihood also depend on the principle of devotional service. In the Bhagavad Gita it is stated that a person can achieve the highest perfection of life simply by awarding the results of his occupational duty under the devotional service of the Lord. People following the principles of devotional service to the Lord can never be put into difficulty and thus there cannot be any question of apad dharma or religion in distress. As will be explained in this book by the greatest authority, Srila Shukadev Goswami, there is no religion save and except the devotional service of the Lord, though this may be presented in different forms. Text 19 Kindly explain all about the elementary principles of creation, the number of such elementary principles, their causes and their development, and also the process of devotional service and the method of mystic powers. Text 20 What are the opulences of the great mystics? And what is their ultimate realization? How does the perfect mystic become detached from the subtle astral body? What is the basic knowledge of the Vedic literatures, including the branches of history and the supplementary Puranas? Purport The Yogeshwara, or the master of mystic powers, can exhibit eight kinds of wonders of perfection by becoming smaller than the atom or lighter than a feather, getting anything and everything he desires, going anywhere and everywhere he likes, creating even a planet in the sky, and so on. There are many Yogeshwaras having different proficiencies in these wonderful powers, and the topmost of all of them is Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is the greatest yogi, and he can perform such wonderful things far beyond the ordinary living beings. The devotees of the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, do not directly practice the process of mystic powers, but by the grace of the Lord, his devotee can defeat even a great Yogeshwara like Durvasa Muni, who picked a quarrel with Maharaj Ambarish and wanted to know, show the wonderful achievements of his mystic powers. Maharaj Ambarish was a pure devotee of the Lord, and thus, without any effort on his part, the Lord saved him from the wrath of Yogeshwara Nirvasa Muni, and the latter was obliged to beg pardon from the king. Similarly, at the time of Draupadi's precarious position, when she was attacked by the Kurus who wanted to see her naked in the open assembly of the royal order, the Lord saved her from being stripped by supplying an unlimited strength of sari to cover her. And Draupadi knew nothing of mystic powers. Therefore the devotees are also Yogeshwaras 
by the unlimited power of the Lord, just as a child is powerful by the strength of the parents. Children do not try to protect themselves by any artificial means, but are saved by the mercy of the parents. Maharaj Prikshit inquired from the learned Brahmana Shukadev Goswami about the ultimate destination of such great mystics or how they attain such extraordinary powers by their own efforts or by the grace of the Lord. He inquired also about their detachment from the subtle and gross material bodies. He inquired also about the purports of the Vedic knowledge. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 15.15, 15, the whole purport of all the Vedas is to know the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus become a transcendental loving service, servant of the Lord. Text 21 Please explain unto me how the living beings are generated, how they are maintained, and how they are annihilated. Also tell me what is advantageous and what is disadvantageous for discharging devotional service unto the Lord. What are the Vedic rituals and injunctions of the sup supplementary Vedic rites? And what are the procedures of religion, economic development, and sense satisfaction. Purport. The word samplava, in the sense of perfect means, is employed to denote the discharging of devotional service. And pratisankrama means just the opposite, or that which destroys the progress of devotional service. One who is firmly situated in the devotional service of the Lord can very easily execute the functions of conditional life. Living the conditional life is, li is just like plying a boat in the middle of the ocean. One is completely at the mercy of the ocean. And, every, and at every moment, there is every chance of being drowned in the ocean by slight agitation. If the atmosphere is all right, the boat can ply very easily undoubtedly, but if there is some storm, fog, wind, or cloud, there is every possibility of being drowned in the ocean. No one can control the whims of the ocean, however one may be materially well equipped. One who has crossed the oceans by ship may have sufficient experience of such dependence upon the mercy of the ocean. But one can ply over the ocean of material existence by the grace of the Lord very easily without any fear of storm or fog. It all depends on the will of the Lord. No one can help, no one can help if there is some unfortunate danger in the state of conditional life. The devotees of the Lord, however, cross the ocean of material existence without anxiety, because a pure devotee is always protected by the Lord. The Lord gives special attention to His devotees in their activities within material, conditional life. Therefore, everyone 
should take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord and be a pure devotee of the Lord by all means. One should know, therefore, from the expert spiritual master, the advantageous and disadvantageous conditions for discharging devotional service. Just as Maharaj Pariksit asked his spiritual master, Srila Shukadev Goswami, according to the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the science of devotional service, one should not eat more than what he requires to maintain body and soul together. Vegetable diets and milk are sufficient for maintenance of the human body and therefore one has no need to eat anything more to satisfy the palate. One should also not accumulate money to become puffed up in the material world. One should earn his livelihood easily and honestly for it is better to become a coolie for an honest livelihood than to become a great man in society by hook and crook. There is no harm if one becomes the richest man in the world by honest dealings, but one should not sacrifice the honest means of livelihood simply to accumulate wealth. Such an endeavor is harmful to devotional service. One should not talk nonsense. A devotee's business is to earn the favor of the Lord. Therefore, a devotee should always glorify the Lord in his wonderful creations. A devotee should not decry the creation of the Lord, defying him, defying him by saying that he has created a false world. The world is not false. Factually, we have to take so many things from the world for our maintenance. So how can we say that the world is false? Similarly, how can one think of the Lord as being without form? How can one become formless and at the same time have all intelligence and consciousness, direct and indirect? So there are many things for a pure devotee to learn and he should learn them perfectly from a bona fide personality like Shukadev Goswami. The favorable conditions for discharging devotional service are that one should be very enthusiastic in serving the Lord. The Lord in His form of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted the cult of devotional service to the Lord to be preached all over the world in every nook and corner and therefore a pure devotee's duty is, is to discharge this order as far as possible. Every devotee should be very enthusiastic, not only in performing his daily rituals of devotional service, but in trying to preach the cult peacefully by following in the footsteps of Lord Chaitanya. If he is not superficially successful in such an attempt, he should not be deterred from the discharge of his duty. Success or failure has no meaning for a pure devotee because he is a soldier in the field. Preaching the cult of devotional service is something like declaring war against materialistic life. There are different kinds of materialists, such as the fruitive workers, the mental speculators, 
the mystic jugglers, and so many others. All of them are against the existence of Godhead. They would declare that they are themselves God, although in every step and in every action they are dependent on the mercy of the Lord. Therefore, a pure devotee may not associate with such gangs of atheists. A strong devotee of a Lord will not be misled by atheistic propaganda of the non-devotees. But a neophyte devotee should be very cautious about them. A devotee should see to the right discharge of devotional service under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master and should not stick only to the formalities. Under the direction of the bona fide spiritual master, one should see how much service is being executed and not simply in the matter of rituals. A devotee should not hanker after anything, but he should be satisfied with things that may automatically come to him by the will of the Lord. That should be the principle of a devotional life. I have to read that again. This is too good. A devotee should not hanker after anything, but he should be satisfied with things that may automatically come to him by the will of the Lord. That should be the principle of a devotional life. And all these principles are easily learned under the guidance of a spiritual master like Shukadev Goswami. Maharaj Prikshit inquired from Shukadev, Shukadev correctly and one should follow his example. Maharaj Parikshit inquired about the process of creation, maintenance and destruction of the material world, the process of Vedic rituals and the method of executing pious activities in terms of the supplementary Vedas like the Puranas and the Mahabharata. As explained before, the Mahabharata is the history of ancient India and so also are the Puranas. Pious acts are prescribed in the supplementary Vedas, Smritis, which specifically mention digging tanks and wells for the water supply of the people in general, to plant trees on the public roads, to construct public temples and places of worship of God, to establish places of charity where the poor destitutes can be provided with foodstuff and similar activities are called purta. Similarly, the process of fulfilling the natural desires for sense gratification was also inquired about by the king for the benefit of all concerned. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. So believe it or not, that's 8 o'clock. We started at about a quarter after. 45 minutes. Just like that. So it's true that when we hear and chant together in the association of sincere and serious devotees, uh, time is conspicuous by its absence. Okay, we'll stop our reading there for tonight. 
We'll start again tomorrow night at text 22. And we'll just sit here and anticipate uh, with great pleasure and then even greater pleasure hear the reflections of the assembly sages. Hare Krishna. Kori Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare. There's something from Braj Balaba. Something from Braj Balaba. That's unusual. <laughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj. Humble obeisances. Glory to Prabhupada and all assembled devotees here and online. Um, <clears throat> text 18. The purport says the common religion of all classes of human beings. <coughs> pardon me, regardless of whosoever and whatsoever one may be, is devotional service. And in the next paragraph he says, religious affiliation in terms of different countries and cultural circumstances is obviously not the common religion of the human being. Rather, the basic principle is devotional service. So today is the reappearance day of Lord Jesus Christ, or Easter. And in that spirit, I would like to know, does this mean that if someone is in their own path and executing devotional service in their path, that they're properly situated? Is that what Prabhupada's saying here? He's saying that everyone is engaged in serving the Lord. Everyone in the whole universe. Yayatam mam prapajante tangstataibhajamyaham mamavartante manushak parta sarvashaham uh, however anyone approaches the Lord or uh, um, implied or doesn't serve the Lord uh, I award him accordingly and then he says every, every being is how does what's the wording give me the book I want to quote it precisely Everyone follows my path, I think is the Everyone follows my path in all respects. That's what it's saying here. And all of these questions, and can you imagine, just the questions are so deep. That just by studying the questions, you can understand the quality of this person who's asking the questions. And I, as far as I understand, these are the questions that result in the whole rest of the Bhagavatam all the way through the 12th, 12th canto. Mm. So this is inconceivable intelligence and it's being given to Maharaj Prakshad by Krishna. So everything and everyone and every event and every atmosphere, every living condition is all created from transformations of the Lord's energy. And therefore he says, Matat paratanam nanyat kinchidasti dananjaya mai sarvamidang protam sutre manigana iva. Just like pearls are strung on a thread. It looks very beautiful, but they're, they're all resting on the thread, and that's what makes it beautiful. And if you take the thread away, 
they all just fall to the ground in random. So that's the gist, I think, or the essence of uh, this statement that you that you repeated from Prabhupada's purport, and also the essence of the, all these questions, trying to get at the fact of how it is that we can perform pure devotional service. But every activity has to have some touch of devotional service in order to make it successful. And that activity that doesn't have a touch of devotional service, it never can be successful no matter what one's motives may be. Unless it's pure devotion. Hare Krishna. Anyway, I know that's just the tip of the iceberg, but that's just what I got from the reading. Thank you. Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati Manjari, Devidasi. She commented, Jaguru Maharaj, please bring on the dessert to us thirsty souls in the desert. <laughs> Hare Krishna. You're hardly in the desert, although you may think you, be, you are, but you're not. She's built up the Hainam in, in Holland from nothing to something substantial just by her enthusiastic kirtan over the last couple of years. Yeah, so she's not like she thinks she is. Hare Krishna. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Let me see. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj and all assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to his divine grace, Sri the Prabhupada. Mm -hmm. Such a nice reflection. Thank you. From Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi, my dear God sister in Florida. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Another purifying dose of Sri the Prabhupada's gift to the world via your pure heart to us. What a sweet hour this is. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. All glories to his divine grace, says the peon. And from Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I appreciated hearing today the practical application of how we may return back to Godhead. Mm. Prabhupada explains we must always act out of goodness proper understanding as well as inquisitiveness. Mm. This knowledge explained in this way helps to guide my heart in devotional service to Krishna. Mm. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Very nice. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Continue, please. Prabhupada said everything depends on one's intention. whether it takes us up or down or just, of course, we can't stay in one place for very long <laughs> in this material world, but the, the intention is, is most important. The mentality behind what we do is most important. 
and just following in, in the line of one of the points that was made during the reading, the success of devotional service doesn't depend on whether or not one has successfully uh, completed some kind of mission. Uh, Prabhupada used the example of Jatayu uh, during Ram Ramachandra's pastimes. Jatayu happened to see Ravana carrying Sita away when he kidnapped her. And he was not an ordinary bird. He was the king of some species. And he was quite powerful himself. And he attacked Ravana. He can't do this. But he was, Ravana was, he was at that time the most powerful material person in the world, in the universe. You know, he, he defeated, you know, like, anyway, demigods. Except for Shiva, he kind of got away with it. And uh, so Jatayu was defeated. And he fell to the earth. And he was on the verge of death when, when Ramachandra and Lakshman came by looking, trying to figure out what happened. And Jatayu was able, at it, with his dying breath, to point out to Ramachandra that it was Ravana who did it and he pointed in, in the direction that he was headed, and then he died. And that was success. Even though he didn't defeat, he didn't, he didn't actually do the deed, but it was great success because the Lord was so pleased with him. He took him in his arms, like Lord Chaitanya took Haridas Thakur in his arms and conducted the memorial service and you know the festival commemorate his passing away. So like that, it's the intention and it's the effort that makes devotional service successful. And everything depends on the will of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord. That is the source of that understanding is the source of a complete detachment from the material energy, even if one is blessed with, you know, material opulence. Like we don't make a big effort to build a big building for ourselves, but we could make a big effort to build the building for the Lord. Take all anxiety. So it's not the anxiety, it is the intention, it is the purpose, and it is the effort to please the Supreme Lord that makes our lives and the world successful. Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Rupa? Yes, Bhakti Rupa. He says, thanks for reading this evening, Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. The quality of Maharaj Pariksit's questions are quite mind-blowing. He's asking the perfect questions to understand everything about the nature of reality. Mm. Perfect questions, perfect answers. Mm. Maharaj Pariksit is asking so many questions in a row. Do these questions set the foundation for the entire Bhagavatam being spoken? Or are there other larger sections of questions elsewhere in the Bhagavatam? They both. Both. The Bhagavatam is a 
set of overlaying questions and answers by different exalted personalities referred to by other exalted personalities referred to by other exalted personalities uh, so it's both uh, those, these questions do form the answers or the conclusions for the whole Bhagavatam but at the same time you know when Kapila Dev speaks he unpacks it quite a bit he unpacks these answers to these questions quite a bit and when Lord Krishna speaks to Uddhava in the 11th canto, he unpacks it quite a bit more even. So, yes, both. But it's, it's true that it's the nature, it's, it's the way of knowledge for everyone. There's no one that doesn't get knowledge through the process of hearing. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, I don't know how many times exactly he says, please listen or hear now for me, but many times, at least 20 times, maybe 30. So this is the emphasis that Krishna is putting into his answers. Uh, the emphasis on hearing, uh, but the inquiry has to be proper in order to get the proper answer or as Prabhupada said in the purport to uh, the famous first 434 panipatina, he said not only must one inquire from the spiritual master but one must get a clear meaning from the spiritual master now that means that if he gives you an answer that you don't completely understand then you have to inquire further and if you still don't understand, then you have to inquire further. And that's another nature of these questions. They just keep flowing because in order to answer you know, the full absolute truth, it, it requires this, this, this degree and astuteness of, uh, of inquiry. So to hear the Bhagavatam repeatedly, again and again. And we may not be scholars, or we may be scholars, but even if we aren't scholars, Lord Chaitanya has given this uh, teaching, and then six Goswamis put it into writing, and corroborated by all the revealed scriptures, and then Srila Prabhupada put it into a language which anybody can understand, and that is so profound I don't I don't have the words to say how profound that is when I was young you know I was born in 1946 so you know in the 50s I was educated more or less in the early 60s and uh, I didn't know anything I I'd never heard the word Krishna before period no idea and maybe there were a few scholars you know studying you know Indian comparative or whatever that may have known something about Krishna but not very much some you know Hindu god or something like that but now in every country of the world a lot of people know about Krishna 
And that is Prabhupada's power, his empowerment. And that's what comes through in these books. So even though we may study them scholarly, scholarly, academically, but that's not the real thing. The real thing is to hear the flow of Srila Prabhupada's empowered trains of thought and how he translates into, into simple, easy English these unbelievably complicated, complex and deep questions and answers in the Bhagavatam in a way that we can understand it practically without any qualification whatsoever. That is profound, profoundly uh, inconceivable, if you can say that, profoundly inconceivable. Maybe that's a misnomer or whatever. Anyway, it's poetic. Profoundly inconceivable because of your profound living environment. Yeah, it works. Yes, it works. I got it confirmed by my temple president. Hare Krishna. Anyway, thanks for that question, uh, Bhakta Rupa. Great question. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thanks again for these readings. I've missed a lot of live readings because of late programs and deity services and haven't been able to catch much of tonight's either. I wanted to say that I've had the chance to listen to the CC audiobook a lot oh. recently and can honestly say it's really going to be a tremendous asset for my ability to absorb Prabhupada's books. Hare Krishna, thank yeah. you so much. You're, you've get, you're, you're given permission to promote it all over the world by your, by your sincere attitude. The idea of being able to go through these books in that format, hearing them from someone who clearly has a strong taste for reading them, is very satisfying. Thank you to you and Rasika for putting in the time to put it together and to Abai for his selfless service and nicely facilitating all these different things you're doing every day. It will probably be a couple of years before the Bhagavatam is finished, but to be honest, the prospect of being able to listen to all of Prabhupada's books like this is quite exciting. It certainly beats listening to myself reading them. <laughs> Not that I'll completely stop doing that, but it's a lot easier to hear from someone who actually really loves reading these books, <laughs> and it makes me more enthusiastic about them. Thank you for doing this and dedicating your life to demonstrating the importance of hearing and discussing these books, teaching the rest of us by your own example. <laughs> I know you prefer us to give live reflections on the reading, but I just wanted to express my gratitude to all that you do, seeing as I miss most of this alive. Anyway, thank you very much. I've, I'm deeply touched. And I have to say with all honesty, I wrote a little... Uh, Vaisheshika Babu is going to be conducting a campaign and Rajabalaba is going to be assisting him uh, in promoting the, this audiobook to the world so that it, as many people at least can know about it you know, as possible. 
and in that little I sent him, I, he asked me to send some idea to him, a kind of bioptic kind of thing. So I wrote and sent it to Rajabalapa and to Vaishnikapu today that I started reading out loud these books to others in 1972 when I got two books, Prabhupada, from unlike, highly unlikely sources within a week of each other as I was living on the top of a mountain pretty secluded, you know, with my little, you know, library of speculative, you know, books about the truth and how to find it and all that stuff. And uh, so that's 50 years. So it takes time and one should stick to it for the rest of one's life and keep on hearing again because I'm not a scholar, honestly. I have devotee godbrothers who are scholars and who know thousands of verses and can speak eloquently on any subject and whatever. Uh, I'm not like that. But I have honestly heard these books again and again, almost without stopping for 50 years. And when the, when the Chaitanya Charitamrita first came out, I'll tell you a story, if you don't mind. Uh, Rameswar received them on a, off a plane in Los Angeles, 1975. And I was the managing the head office of the Radha Traveling Sankatan Party at the time. And so I more or less blackmailed him into sending me the first box off the off the plane because we were turning in a remittance every month which was absolutely necessary <laughs> for the BBT. So I just, I mean, it, it was a joke. It was joking, but still. And he said, this is blackmail. You can't do this. But I said, anyway, I there's some problems with the bank and this and that. <laughs> and uh, so he did. So I'll never forget it. Getting, going to the airport, bringing that first box, and I think we got w at least one of the first boxes, period, you know, and taking each volume out, tears coming from my eyes, you know, watching, looking at the photos and the paintings, and overwhelming. Got back to the little house that was our, you know, little temple and preaching center and headquarters, put it on the altar, had a big arati. And then I stopped crunching the numbers, because that's what you do when you do administration, you crunch numbers. But I stopped crunching the numbers, gave my assistant, Rajendranath, the crunching business, and I sat down at my desk, and I just read these books. And whenever the devotees would call in, and they were all over the country, there was a hundred and some, hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen, twenty, devotees going all over, and airports, and traveling parties all over. We didn't have any internet. We had no cell phones. We were relying on, you know, pay phones. You had to know, it's kind of like the matrix, you know. You had to be, get to the right place, <laughs> know the number. And, you know. and so they would call me with their problems or, you know, needing counseling. All I would do is say, really? Listen to this. And we were reading the first time that every, anybody had heard the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya in the Western world. And it was so ecstatic. I'll never forget it. And, the, and, the, and the, by the way, the, the results took off. 
So I would say it's a result of more of that than any management, frankly. John? So, so that's, that's 47 years. That was 47 years ago, 1975. So... That's when I was born. Huh? That's when I was born. <laughs> Hare Krishna. So thank you very much for that uh, sincere appreciation for what we're doing. And I can only just pray that more people will do it and that this process, you know, of reading every day like we do with this format uh, can increase more and more all over the world. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Hare. From Jemma Ratur. Jemma Ratur. Hare Krishna. Hello. Jemma. Hello. My respectful obeisances to you, Guru Maharaj. Thanks. Thanks for reading and enlightening. Thanks for the reading. Enlightening and enjoyable as always. Yes, perfect questions and answers. Jai Shri the Prabhupada Ji. Ki Jai Shri Maharaj Pariksit Ji. Jai. Hardy Bol. Thank you very much. Thank you. And from Bhakta Oliver? Bhakta Oliver. Hardy Bol. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for your daily reading service tonight. Maharaj Pariksit's questions are so thorough and detailed. Appreciating the depth of his questions shows he really wants to know everything, or at least for our sake. True. Very true. Thank you for that reflection. And from Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all the assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. It is so nice to hear. Quote, the devotees of the Lord, however, cross the ocean of material existence without anxiety because a pure devotee is always protected by the Lord. Mm. Bhagavad Gita 9.13 The mm. Lord gives special attention to his devotees in their activities within material conditional life. Bhagavad Gita 9.29 Therefore, everyone should take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord and be a pure devotee of the Lord by all means. So for devotees, there is no danger in this world. Yes, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Lovely reflection. And this is what makes a devotee fearless. The predominant mood in the material world is fear because nobody knows what's going to happen, especially at death. But the pure devotee knows what's going to happen at death and knows what's going to happen next by the grace of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti Noel? Yes, Bhakti Noel. Thank you, Maharaj, for elaborating on my reflection. All glories to your service and delivering the mail to us conditioned souls. I am so grateful for this mercy. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. 
and more from Gemma. Yes, Gemma. I love the 11th canto, 11.16, where it carries on from the Bhagavad Gita, the opulence of the abs Absolute, the Lord's beautiful teachings to Sri Uddhavaji, mm. and the teachings of Sri Kapiladev are my favorite, and Queen Kunti's, just beautiful with the Sanskrit verses. Wow. Jai Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. <laughs> well, you're proving the point. When we read with devotees who like the books, it comes to life. Hare Krishna. And this is from Emma Woodruff. Emma Woodruff. Well, Hare Krishna. She says, my sister Georgina passed away suddenly on Wednesday. Oh, no. And I am so broken, and I need to know she is okay and that we will all be okay. My world has shattered. Well, that's the purpose of transcendental knowledge, so that we won't be shattered by the difficulties and the uh, tragedies uh, of the material world. Um, there's no pill that you can take. The grief when that occurs when a loved one is taken from you uh, is natural and it has to play out. But you're hearing and if you go on hearing, you will get the relief that you need and the knowledge that you need to know that your sister is okay, that your sister is not dead, your sister has just changed her body. That is eternal knowledge, and that will relieve one from the fear of material existence. Nat vivaham jatu nasam, nat tvam nemi janadipaha, nachaiva navabhishama, Never was there a time when, when I did not exist, Krishna speaking, nor you, Arjuna, nor all these kings in the battlefield who are about to lose their lives, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. That's real knowledge, and that can relieve us from the fear of material existence. The soul is eternal. The soul never dies. And in progressive life, the soul uh, in the human body, uh, if he's heard at all, uh, all of these kirtan parties that we have going all over the world that Srila Prabhupada inspired us to do, so many people are hearing the holy name, even if just for a moment, and they're guaranteed a human form of life, just by hearing the holy name. chanted by representatives of him. So, although I give you condolence and uh, empathy, uh, you should know that uh, your sister is just fine. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my grateful obeisances. Tonight it struck me how Śrīla Prabhupāda explained very logically how just as America does not easily allow less affluent persons to enter to profit from its resources, 
Similarly, we cannot enter the higher planets, or to speak of going back to Godhead, without becoming qualified by, as Bhakti Noel quoted, by acting out of goodness, mm. proper understanding and inquisitiveness. Mm. The example of America and the mentality of the Americans somehow brought this principle closer home for me. Well, we can also say with all honesty and sincerity, being an American, having been grown up in that country, that they get away with more than murder <laughs> because they're powerful and other people can't get away with the same thing. And uh, therefore, uh, yeah, don't put too much of your hopes in America <laughs> or any other, you know, modern day uh, ruler. Uh, on this planet. They're all rogues. Excuse me for being so blunt. John. But the principle I I is true and Prabhupada told us that if you're living in a particular country and the facilities that are that help you get from one place to another and get the things you need are being done according to different laws and believe me when you're in India when we first went to India I couldn't understand how anything was working how anybody can get a food into their, you know, without all the sophisticated machinery and things we have in the West. But everyone was getting what they needed and all this thing about, you know, starvation. I, it's not even there. It's all in the minds of, you know, puffed up Westerners, you know. <laughs> in Govardhan, it's probably not the most, you know, opulent place in the world, but boy, nobody's going hungry, that's for sure. Krishna made that promise to Madhavendapuri. Nobody goes hungry here. But it's true that, you know, when we live in a place and we're dependent on their whatever, then we should we have to follow their laws. Otherwise, you get in trouble. That's the principle. God's law must be followed. If not, you get in trouble. And to a certain extent, the law of a state you're living in is the same. You become a criminal if you don't follow the law. So we do that, you know, as much as we need to, Hare Krishna, to do what we have to do, to spread Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. This is also from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. I also liked how Srila Prabhupada spoke in the purport of text 21 about living the, con living the conditioned life being like a ship plying across the ocean mm. while being completely mm. at the mercy of the ocean. Mm. I appreciated how he spoke totally out of his own experience, mm. yet he did not mention himself at all. So humble. Yeah, he said one may understand this if he's been on a boat but everyone knows that he was on that Chalatuta well once again ladies and gentlemen of the spiritual world uh, your reflections are just getting better and better and they're very uh, enlivening and inspiring Srimad uh, Bhagavatam Ki Jaya Samabeda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night.
same time, same place, same topic, as Sugadev Goswami answers the questions of Maharaj Prikshit. See you tomorrow. Haribo.